You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday. We got a fun podcast here because Sports Illustrated is in the process of releasing their top 100 NBA players of 2019. Yeah, they're trying to do some projections for this coming year and what they're expecting and trying to figure out where guys kind of land on things. And in the top 50, we've got two Pelicans named in there. Can you guess who they are right off the bat? Don't cheat if you've read it. So we're going to look at where they are, who they are in the rankings, why they were chosen and put kind of in there, and what they, the guys from Sports Illustrated think about these two players. And also just kind of throw some other names out there and so you guys can kind of see where players have kind of fallen in all of this because I think it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, so we're just going to look at this purely in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Actually, we're not going to just purely look at this because I forgot about some things this weekend that I want to share with you guys. And I tweeted it out the first part of this. And this is Jalil Okafor showing up to two football games in New Orleans over the weekend. We first saw him at the Tulane game on Saturday. A friend of mine tweeted or texted me a picture of him in the super tall guy. And at first, I did not recognize Okafor, I'll be honest. Um, he just, he's dropped a lot of weight and looks very, very different. And Tulane was honoring the undefeated 1998 team. And I figured he was taking a picture with one of the players. And it took me a minute or two to realize, especially after he told me that that was in fact Jalil Okafor. That's how unremarkable Okafor has been over his career that I can't recognize in immediate glance an NBA player, usually a name that I know and one that's on the team, uh, kind of shows you my expectations for him, but really cool to see him getting out there going to the game, kind of just walking along the concourse. He wasn't in the uh, the fancy club, the Glazer Family Club section or anything like that. Just kind of out there, just taking in the game, um, wearing a badass Michael Jackson shirt. And then you saw him at the Saints game on Sunday in a Saints jersey. And really, it seems to be enjoying himself in New Orleans with this organization and just kind of going to local events, being a presence, making an appearance. You want to get guys rooting for you and maybe that somehow makes a difference for for you making the team or not, this is a great way to do it. So really fun to see Jalil Okafor out there mixing it up, enjoying all that New Orleans has to offer, or at least the sporting events, and just kind of a cool thing to see from him. And of course, that kind of makes you want to root for him just a little bit more. So the top 100, and this is kind of fun. We've got the top 50 out right now. I'm not sure exactly when they're releasing the top um, 50, but we got or the we got the bottom 50, 100 through 50 right now out. And I think it's pretty interesting. And, you know, just right off the bat, they start at 100. And it's funny because we talked about this. We talked about Lonzo Ball, where I said I'd trade, you know, for him, Frank Jackson straight up. You guys are going to think I hate Frank Jackson, which is not the case. Um, But that seems pretty good for Lonzo Ball, despite having an awful season at times in terms of the shooting and just kind of all the jokes and everything around him to crack that top 100 where they really praise his vision, his ball handling, the rebound, the defense, all of that is a really great thing. Um, 
and just kind of shows you kind of what they're thinking about him. Some other names kind of in that bottom 10, you got Pau Gasol, you know, a Hall of Famer that one day, uh, still with the Spurs um, kind of down there. You've got Dirk uh, in what's probably going to be his final year in Dallas at 96. Uh, so there's a couple of names there that just kind of surprise you a little bit. Some other potential notable names, 95, um, you've got Damari Carroll with the Nets and maybe potential trade interest for the Pelicans, of course. Um, and you've got a number of other guys that are really kind of up and coming a little bit, though. Far too many um, Magic players down there if you are a fan of their team and make you feel kind of bad. Kent Bazemore, another guy that the Pelicans have been interested in, rumored to. He finishes at 91. So, you know, this is kind of the the range that the Pelicans are looking at realistically for making a trade. Andre Iguodala is at 87. And we still haven't had any uh, Pelican player yet. So that's kind of a nice thing to see. And it takes you a little while to get down. Again, Taj Gibson at 83, uh, key piece for the Timberwolves, of course. Uh, Terry Rozier, um, you know, future trade piece for Anthony Davis if we're making jokes or anything like that. But then you go all the way down to 72 and you hit your first Pelican. And I think most people would have thought this is maybe going to be Nikola Mirotic, but it's actually not. It is, drum roll please, Julius Randle. You can hear me scrolling to make sure I hit the right number. He's ahead of Andrew Wiggins, who's 74. And he's ahead of Brandon Ingram, of all the players. The guy that the Lakers would not move in a deal for Kawhi Leonard because they want to keep him there. The guy they just jettisoned out of there, Julius Randle, is actually ranked higher. So we're going to talk about Randle in just one second here. So fantasy football season is underway, and we have two fantasy football shows to help you. You've got Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. They give you all the latest news, waiver wire suggestions, injury news, everything you need on a day-to-day to kind of run your team and try and win your league. Then you've got Locked On Fantasy Football Experts. They've got amazing guests every day. Monday, you've got Tom Kessenich. Tuesdays, Eric Edholm. Wednesdays are Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lochner, the experts that give you insight you can't get anywhere else. Make sure you listen to it and subscribe to both Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 and Locked On Fantasy Football Experts. So Julius Randle coming in at 72, which by the way, pretty good. I won't lie. I think a lot of people are very high on him. I'm high on him here with this Pelicans team, but I think when I've talked to other experts, uh, Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is, is, doesn't rate him as high, as highly as maybe we do internally, and that's just probably a thing of you rate your own guys a little bit higher than others do, is they don't think he's actually going to put up some of the similar numbers that he had in Los Angeles last year. Average 16.1 points per game, 8 rebounds, 2.6 assists, but after the All-Star break, when he when they were playing that kind of breakneck speed and they just let him do his thing, he averaged um, close to 20 points a game. It was a little over 18. I think that's what people are kind of expecting from him here in New Orleans. But he's got to contend with Anthony Davis out there. You've still got Nikola Mirotic, who's going to take a lot of minutes. And Randall's the second or third guy there. And we don't know if he's even going to start just yet. So I think because of that, people are thinking he's going to score less. Although I think it'll be fun to see him play in the sprint forward, fast break system, all that you want from this Alvin Gentry team. And this ranking is also kind of based around the fact that they expect him to take a bit of a mini leap now that he's got someone more invested in his progress. They say that at the end there. And that's because the Lakers wanted him not having the ball and getting it to guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and others because basically you could see early on there that they were done with... um, 
uh, Randall last year and that they were likely going to move on from him, especially once they got a guy like LeBron or Kawhi or someone else, that they didn't want him getting those numbers. They wanted their own guys getting those numbers and kind of inflating them for everyone else. They wanted him to pass. And I think you'll see him maybe get close to that 17-18 a game. I'm a little bit higher on that because I think really Davis, him, and Miritich split the front court minutes and it's kind of as simple as that there really isn't much else out there maybe you see someone else get a handful of minutes here or there depending on injuries or foul trouble things like that but they're very high on him particularly in the half court too that now he's not as wild as he was as a rookie and when he wants to score at the rim down low with the ball he is so damn strong that he can kind of power and muscle his way in and he's tough to stop he's like a freight train but now he's an in control freight train which is kind of what DeMarcus Cousins was and wasn't at times so I think this is a big step for him kind of getting ranked this high and of course he's looking to have a huge year because he's trying to cash in we've talked about the concerns there Um, but now he's just kind of in control and you start to see him maybe coming into his own as a player understanding his game a little bit more and we're curious to see how he can kind of take it to the next level. Two things I'm higher on him than maybe others are I think he can be a really good playmaker. I've watched basically every play of his with Los Angeles last year. The dude can make the right passes, also particularly in transition. If teams do somehow manage to get two guys, uh, you know, behind him or in front of him and try and take away the route to the rim, if he doesn't go around them, he can usually pick out the right pass. And I think you might see his assist numbers jump up by an assist to an assist and a half. He might get close to four assists per game. We saw it happen with DeMarcus Cousins. And if you haven't filled that kind of maybe high post passing role that Cousins did, and I think Randall can do this. Maybe not as great as Cousins, but I certainly think he's very capable of being a Cousins light or Cousins like here. That's where I think you'll really start to see him shine. Maybe that takes away some of the scoring, but the assist numbers and the playmaking go up, and I think that's a big thing too. They're not they don't they're not high on his defense in terms of the Sports Illustrated article. Again, they say he defends very much like a 23 year old at times. I'm actually kind of high on him as a bit of a rim protector. Maybe not the Anthony Davis level, but if you trot out Miritich and Randall, I feel okay about Randall kind of being that roamer below the basket, defending the rim from drivers and being able to rotate over. You make those rotations, he has all the tools to keep people away. You can't really body him up. Yeah, you know, he's maybe a little bit undersized in terms of height. But I think overall, he holds his own very well at the rim, and he's pretty tenacious on that end, which is something you usually can't teach. So I'm big on him there, and I think that's going to be a big thing going forward. So that's your first Pelican in the top um, or bottom 50, whatever you want to call it here, uh, with Julius Randle coming in at 72. So before we get to the next Pelican on this list, don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network is going back to college. Yes, that's right. Coming this week, we've got Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Seminoles. We've already got the Locked On Oregon Ducks, the Locked On Alabama Crimson Tide, and of course, you're now winning football team, the Kentucky Wildcats. Not just basketball anymore. You've got the Razorbacks, the Volunteers, and the BYU Cougars as well. LSU should be coming too, I believe, um, but I don't have an exact date on that. So find your favorite college show. Find your alma mater here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. So before we hit the next Pelican on the list, a couple other interesting things here. Will Barton is 70, so Julius Randle's really close to him. And the next guy on our Pelicans team here that comes up is ahead of him. That's pretty good. We all are big fans of Will Barton here, I think. 
Dwight Howard is ranked 69. I'm not a huge fan of the 69 joke, to be honest, and the nice and all that comes on. I think it's a little played out, but I'm not going to lie. Seeing Dwight Howard in a Wizards uniform at 69 is pretty damn funny to me. 68's the interesting one. That's DeMarcus Cousins. And they said, basically, if he was healthy, he's in the top 25 of this these rankings. But it's a one-year exercise, and this ranking assumes Cousins will miss roughly half the season. But they think he's such a force that even half a season, they put him ahead of Julius Randle. Interesting to know. We all think the Pelicans are better on opening night. We There's no doubt about that because Cousins would not have been playing. But at the end of the season, are they a better team? That's what we don't know yet. Scott Kushner has talked about this over at the New Orleans Advocate. So that's going to be kind of interesting. Um, and we'll see. But there you go. Um, was it 68 for DeMarcus Cousins? Yusuf Nurkic getting rated at 64. This one's probably a little bit too high for me. We saw what the hell happened to him against the Pelicans in the playoffs. Nothing good. He's 64, a little bit too high, higher than Julius Randle. And I think we do overall expect Randle to have a better season than he does. But then you get to the next Pelican player, the beardless Nikola Mirotic over at 60. So the Pelicans have two guys so far on this list, 72 and 60. Pretty good. And they're wondering if Mirotic was the biggest winner at the trade deadline. You get out of that disaster that was the Bulls and into a winning situation next to Anthony Davis, which makes any everybody, not anybody, everybody's life a whole lot easier. And you saw him go for 30 in a playoff game, and all of a sudden he looks really good. And when there maybe wasn't a ton of interest in him before, he's going to maybe earn a big contract after this year, and we know how good Davis and Miritich were together. A plus 12 net rating in more than 500 minutes. Not the largest sample size, but it's not the smallest. And by comparison, they say New Orleans was plus 5.9 in roughly 1,100 minutes. So over double that with Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Again, that might be due to the sample size being larger. And finally, you're getting to play other teams and things like that. And not as easy of a schedule as the Pelicans had at times in the second half of the year. Or second half after the trade deadline when he was brought over. So I think that's worth keeping in mind with those two stats as well. But Mirotic can play fast, they say. You know, he's comfortable being the complimentary option, and he doesn't really turn the ball over. Plus, he can handle switches. We saw the effort he had on defense coming up with a number of big rebounds at times for this team, a number of key blocks, and just making plays on the defensive side of the ball that you weren't expecting him to make whatsoever that you didn't even know he was capable of making and he gets in there again you gotta like dudes that just hustle and Miritich is one of those and he doesn't complain about his role he knows his place he knows what he should be doing and now with another big maybe he doesn't need to be playing 32 34 minutes a game you can scale him back a little bit to more and more of a line of a role that he was playing with the Bulls that he's played his whole career which might be better to uh, might be the key to getting more consistency from him there are some games when he's a bit of a ghost out there 100%. But when he's on his game, it's really good. How do you find a balance between that? How do you get consistency on a night-in, night-out basis? And I think that's kind of the big thing. Maybe it's just fewer minutes. And you've got to wonder when he really struggled and he went through that slump here in New Orleans, if it really was because he just wasn't ready for this kind of role. Uh, and I think that's kind of, you know, maybe why they kind of put him here. I think one of the things is, is that, yeah, he slumps, and they know he slumps. And I think that's going to pull you down in the rankings a little bit. You could almost maybe make a claim that at his peak, he's far higher than this. But it, they say he does a nut. He, he, for a winning team, the streaky Miritich is more than a stereotypical stretch four. Streaky, remember that. 
He does enough dirty work to justify a major role even when he's slumping. I mean, they summed it up really well. He does those other things that you really like, like the things that Ryan Anderson didn't do when he wasn't nailing three-pointers for this team. Mirtich does those, and I think that's a big thing, and that's going to get him into these lineups. He's going to stay in the lineups because of this, and I think that's a big thing for this team going forward. Remember they talked about it. Blue-collar desperate last year is the attitude they wanted to take. Once Mirotic came in and their playoff hopes were fading after the trade deadline, 100% that's what they became. Can they carry that over? And Mirotic has the right mentality and kind of just does all the things you want him to do to potentially carry that over into next season. One more guy I want to mention on here, and that, of course, is the next one on this list, Harrison Barnes at 59. I've said I could see New Orleans being a player for him, trying to move enough salary, potentially Mirotic or someone else too, to bring in a guy like Harrison Barnes to really shore up that three spot for them, you know. Um, so interesting name that just happens to be next on the list. Um, so keep that in mind. And of course, no other Pelicans here in that we've seen so far. There's Anthony Davis still to come. We all know that. We all know that Drew Holiday's still to come. So they're in the top 50, the good side of the 50. Where do they fall? We've got to wait till the article comes out. But of course, we will break it down here for you on Locked on Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. I enjoyed this one. We'll break down the next two names on that list, Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, where they fall. Are they too high, too low? Could be as well um, as soon as we get that. And of course, cover all the other topics that you want to hear about here on the podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all next time.